What can moms learn from St. John the Baptist? Besides being a voice crying out in the wilderness, there are qualities from the saint that can help us in our vocation. In today's episode, we had a really good time diving into this, discussing it, so we hope that you enjoy it. Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. everyone. Happy Lent. It is good to be back for season four of Life Beyond the Chariot. Can you believe it? Season four? Yay! Yay. <laughs> but yes, it's been a while. It has. A very it long has. time. Uh, it's been a hot minute and this is going to sound really weird and I may have said this before. I don't listen to Eminem but every time we, we go a long time without recording I just have that guess who's back back again like that it's always in my head when we start recording so anyway um the other thing we were talking about was I think the last time we recorded I think it was like 15 weeks pregnant and now I'm like 30 weeks pregnant so time is just you ready time is crazy it doesn't make sense yeah so. You ready for a little No, wine? of course not. This is <laughs> you, the still have, you still have a, a little bit more. I've got like eight to ten weeks if this baby yeah. doesn't come early. None of my kids have come early before, but watch this be the one. This yeah, will be, this the, will one. be the one. Little, yeah, but it'll be fine. So Lent is here. Uh, yeah, how are you feeling about Lent 2023? So usually during the first two weeks of Lent, I feel pretty solid. I'm like, I've got it. It's yeah. after that two-week period yeah. that... It kind of just starts, that's when the struggle really sets in. Mm. But right now, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling um, like I'm on track. There you go. We'll see how long that stays. <laughs> right. maybe, maybe by our next podcast, right. you can ask me the same question. We're recording question. this on like the third day of Lent. So yes. So every, far, it's good. High <laughs> expectations, joyful expectations. Yeah, I, I think I'm really seeing how the Lord is, he's like clearing the path for me to... Uh, I think prepare for this baby this Lent. I had a couple of events that were scheduled that we had to postpone or reschedule. Uh, and that's actually freed up my calendar a lot more. Mm-hmm. We have a big women's retreat at the end of March that I'm really excited about um, here in the Diocese of Tyler. Um, and that's like the big thing that I'm, I'm focused on. And I'm just excited to just kind of enter in. And I'm doing a small group with some women. That's and awesome. I haven't done that in a long time. So yeah, lots of really beautiful things. Um, happening this Lent. I'm still trying to process the fact that it is Lent, but here we are. So the last episode that we recorded was with Bishop Strickland. We're talking about the year of baptism and the year of St. John the Baptist. And Mickey, you came up with this really great idea to reflect on what St. John the Baptist can teach mothers. And at first I was like, well, what? (laughs) How do we like (laughs) crying out in the wilderness? Yes, I do that every day as a mom. Um, But it was actually really cool to to kind of look at some of your reflection on John the Baptist and uh, like our vocation as mothers um, and yeah, like unpacking that today. I'm excited because it's not a topic that I've heard about. And I think that it was a, a complete Holy Spirit kind of thing and um yeah so i'm excited to see where this conversation goes one because it's been a long time and two (laughs) 
We may see that we have more in, in common with John the Baptist right. than we may think. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I shared this the last time we were talking with Bishop, but my favorite depiction of John the Baptist is Charlton Heston in the movie The Greatest Story Ever Told, because I just feel like he captured that perfectly he's got wild hair and one of my favorite scenes is where the soldiers are trying to get him and he's just dunking soldiers telling them to repent (laughs) he's just a wild man but he's bold and fearless and he's going to proclaim the word of god no matter what and like yeah i need i need more of that in my life um but yet specifically as a mom thinking about um our vocation as mothers but relating that back to John the Baptist, because there actually is a lot that we can receive mm-hmm. from him besides crying out in the wilderness at our children. <laughs> but how can how can John the Baptist really help us to, to reflect on our vocation and um, even just as disciples um, of Jesus Christ? So, yeah, where do you want to start? Um, well, we'll start it. I actually don't know if I have this. I didn't put this on the initial set of notes, but it's something that came to me because I was reading Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Um, Jesus of Nazareth, Mm. the infancy narratives. And it talks about uh, John the Baptist, about how he says that he's a priest. You know, Zechariah was a priest, his dad. um, Elizabeth was from a priestly, um, the line of Aaron, I believe. And and it just made me think about, okay, I know sometimes we're like, how can we relate him being a priest to us as moms? But this is right at the time that Dr. Luke Arandondo's Catholic... Uh, East Texas article came out about how when we are baptized, we are baptized into what's called the common priesthood. And I just kind of wanted to make a connection there because I think sometimes that's overlooked a little bit um, is that like John the Baptist was a priest, we too, as baptized Christians, share in this sort of priestly ministry. And one of the things that we see is that um, a main job of of the priest was that he would be the one who would offer sacrifices Mm -hmm. on behalf of the community. Mm -hmm. It was only the priest who could do that. Everyone could pray. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are different um, types of prayer that, that they would pray like the priest and then the common people. But one of the things that only the priest could do was to make the sacrifice. Mm. And we now have a share in that. And we, we see John the Baptist, like he made a sacrifice of his life, literally for the truth of the gospel. And we as moms, I'm sure we could go up to a laundry list of like all of the sacrifices that, that we have made or mm-hmm. ones that we're anticipating making sleepless nights coming right? for you soon. Right. <laughs> um, but just to reflect a little bit about the, the gravity, but also the joy of the fact that we, as baptized Christians, part of this common priesthood, and as moms, is that we are called to offer sacrifice on behalf of our people, right? Our home, mm-hmm. um, our husband, and our children, and really taking that into our hearts and our minds, especially during this Lent, and reflecting on the sacrifices that I make on behalf of my husband and my children are efficacious Mm -hmm. and to know that they matter. And not only do they purify me, they can purify my family and it purifies our home. Um, And just like the priest enters into the Holy of Holies um, to offer his sacrifice, like we as moms are creating sort of, I I call it the domestic Holy of Holies, right? Our home, um, that that's where our kids should find retreat. Mm. That's where our kids and our husbands should encounter 
encounter God and the fruits of our sacrificial life really is present in the home. And um, sometimes I can forget that, you know, I'm like, <laughs> no, all of us, yeah. it feels like the wilderness, yeah. but I'm like, okay, but it's a retreat where you encounter right. the sacred right. here in our home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. The, um, we're in the small group that I'm participating in this Lent, we're going through the Ascension Lenten companion and it's like reflections on the Sunday gospels. Um, but the reflection for Ash Wednesday was talking about this idea of sacrifice and, and I can't remember the, the fancy Latin words, um, that make up the word sacrifice, but the emphasis that the, the priest was making was that sacrifice is really thinking of it in terms of to make holy, like we're setting something apart to make it holy. And like you're saying, like we have an opportunity, I think specifically as moms to make our homes places that are holy. And yes, you need the the role of the father. Um, and, but, but I think in a really particular way, we, we bring that to the table um, as moms and looking at like John the Baptist's life and um, that yes he was he was he was entering into this um, priesthood um, and his lineage was so important um, but also looking at how his life was like set apart Mm -hmm. um, and how uh, those sacrifices that he made, like wearing very itchy clothes and <laughs> having a very interesting diet, <laughs> like those things set him apart for something that's a, a greater good. And um, like perhaps as moms that we can keep our eyes on that, that our sacrifices, like you're saying, are not, um, they're not offered um in an empty way that mm-hmm. it's it's actually for the good of our family for the good of our family sanctification for our own sanctification um that the god is setting something apart um to to be holy yeah i was just at a um a group last night with some other moms and one of the ladies ha- was talking about how one of the things she would tell her kids especially during lent is they have this phrase and it's a um make your pain pay huh. basically like the pain that you experience yeah. have it pay for something like you don't want mm. it to go to waste um that it can pay for um not like actual pay but you know uh for like the graces for yourself for the others for souls in purgatory mm. for your family so when it gets hard and it will mm-hmm. um, make your pain pay for something offer it for something because we have this amazing gift as catholics mm-hmm. Um, that our sacrifices actually help the sanctification of others, which is really powerful yeah. if we just enter into that. Yeah. So that was just one of the things, like make your pain pay for something that is good and that it's is not holy. And yeah. It, yeah, it's not wasted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why I love being Catholic. Like, no suffering is wasted. Yeah. Jesus will take all of it. No, that's awesome. I think kind of connected to that, um, this idea of sacrifice and, and even the priesthood uh, is John the Baptist's obedience, mm. that he was called into a very specific role um, and that that was designed to really pave the path for Christ's coming. Um, but that he was obedient to that. And it wasn't a comfortable thing, like <laughs> crying out in the wilderness, um, you know, calling people to conversion. And also, and I think that this also kind of tied with his humility as well, because he knew um, I am not the end goal here, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not the end all be all. I'm the one who is pointing the way to the Savior. Um, but there's a deep sense of obedience in John the Baptist and just that 
um, that obedience to the mission. And as moms, you know, recognizing our vocation and, you know, first and foremost, for us as, as married mothers, um, our vocation as wives, um, but then also how that how that feeds into the vocation of motherhood and what that means for us, um, like how God is calling us to to do something very specific and that we're held accountable to these mm-hmm. souls that he's entrusted to us. Uh that's a that's a very powerful thing. It's kind of a daunting thing, but it also mm-hmm. points to the fact that we can't do that without God's grace. There's right. no way. <laughs> there's no way we can um, offer these sacrifices or uh, prepare th- the way for our children um, to experience a relationship with Christ or to walk the path um, of salvation if we are not obedient first and foremost to that primary vocation as as wives and mothers. Uh, but yeah, thoughts on that. Oh, well, that's a lot. Um, but I'm glad that you talked about that because I think sometimes um, I love the idea that you like obedience to our vocation mm. and that we have a specific call and a specific purpose. And God gave us specific children. You yeah. know, like I'm not the mother yeah. of your children. Right. God placed my children in the care of my husband and I. And that dynamic, that relationship um, is going to affect them yeah. and then how we teach them and sort of... Um, the spiritual aesthetic of our home, how we right. communicate, all of that is going to play into right. who they become, mm-hmm. what they do, what their mission is going to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think during this time, especially during Lent, I'm really reflecting on the obedience to my vocation, like a self-reflection. How am I doing? Um, what are my priorities? Have I allowed something in that ha- is distracting or not yeah. fulfilling that? Yeah. And part of our lives here on earth is going to be weeding those things out and yeah. asking for God's yeah. grace. And one of the things that um, Dr. Arandondo mentioned in his article, um, I mean, we can post it in the, in the notes, but he had talked about in our call as um, in our priesthood through our baptism is that uh, yes, we make a sacrifice of our lives through prayer and the reception of the sacraments. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so glad that you said, like, I think sometimes we try, uh, well, okay, I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I'm like, I have all these things to do with my children and to care for my husband mm-hmm. and our home and all of these things that I run on empty fumes. Like it's like, yeah. okay, I'm running, I'm running, yeah. I'm running, I'm doing these things. And then it's when I realize I'm out of gas and I'm yeah. like, huh. I need to ask God for help. And so, so much of my temptation as a wife and a mom is to rely on my own, Mm -hmm. on my own energy, on my own power, which I really have none outside of God. But then I call on God when I'm like totally depleted instead of it being a complete reliance Mm -hmm. every moment of every day um, that I need I need God and, yeah. and realizing like John the Baptist, he was like, look, I'm not the Messiah. There's one who is yep. greater than me. Yep. And the same thing with um, us as wives and moms, like there is someone greater than me right? Um, who will accomplish his mission if I just put myself aside right. and allow him to work right. in me. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And that reminds me of like what we were talking before about before we start recording John 330. Mm-hmm. It's one of those Bible verses that every Catholic can memorize. <laughs> but it's John the Baptist saying, he must increase and I must decrease. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is something in that I think for for us as moms to really reflect on that 
I have to let go. And it's not to say, you know, I need to just lose myself in motherhood and not have a personality and I'm just a slave of the home, you know, barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. And I think that's really important to remember that there is no like boxed motherhood or Catholic motherhood, that it only looks like this, that it only looks like, um, you know, that you're homeschooling or you only go to a certain type of mass. And I'm not picking on you, Mickey. No, no, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel picked on. Right. But I think there is this tendency sometimes in, in our Catholic culture that we can there can be an obsession with like, oh, well, my motherhood has to look like this. Mm -hmm. But really what God is calling us to is an obedience to our vocation. And like you were saying, I am the mother of my children. You Mm -hmm. are the mother of your children. You're married to your husband. I'm married to my husband. We don't do like the the sister wives thing (laughs) in the church for a reason, right? Because there is a very particular path Um, of sanctification that God calls each and every individual family, every individual domestic church to. And we can get so distracted by the noise and some of it can appear to be very good. Like, oh, I should, and we should, like we should aspire for holiness and we should aspire to be everything that God wants us to be. But when we start to shift, like if John the Baptist had tried to be the Messiah, Mm-hmm. It wouldn't worked out. And I think we as moms, like we have to be very secure in this is who I am. This is who God has called me to be. And this is the domestic church that he has called me to serve in. I'm not called to serve in that one over there. <laughs> this is the, the home that he's entrusted to me. And my mission to- territory is right here. Mm-hmm. And God's going to give me exactly what I need to face the circumstances that I'm in. That's why grace is so important. Um, and really seeing like how John the Baptist was open to that, that his mission was not an easy one. It got him beheaded, right? Um, But that that we've been entrusted with something so particular, but God will give us everything that we need to be faithful and obedient to that vocation. And like, of course, of supporting our our other sisters in Christ um, and other domestic churches in their vocations, but like really challenging ourselves to focus on what has God called me to do as the mother in this home um, and being faithful to that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think uh, sometimes there's a lot of pressure for moms and wives, like you said, to live Mm -hmm. up to sort of this ideal. And we don't have time to go through lots of like things that the the church has spoken about the beautiful qualities of the woman. That's another episode. Um, So I'm excited (laughs) when we get to that. But um, to make sure that we are, that we can live out generosity, Mm -hmm. you're going to live out generosity in a different way maybe Mm -hmm. than I am. Your openness to life right? Kid number five, which is beautiful. Um, and ours is looking a little bit different, like Mm -hmm. through adoptions. Um, and so, but that doesn't mean that one of us is not being as generous as we should. So realizing that I'm called to virtue, generosity, patience, humility, and it may, um, on a visible level look different, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that I or you are any less on that path to holiness. And I think too, I think most most of the time, I do think moms and wives try to share what has helped them in their mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. but it may be done out of turn or not in complete like understanding of where another person mm-hmm. is. Does that make sense? Because so we're like, all- like telling someone. Yeah. Yeah, because we're all on our journey of discovery. This is how virtue works. We grow in it, Yeah, right? This is how our vocations 
work, how yeah. our relationships with our husband and our kids work, there is a, a constant, hopefully, a constant growth towards what God desires of you. Mm. And um, and that really should take place between like like your prayer life, your conversations with your husband, mm-hmm. um, and then a spiritual director, mm-hmm. right? And so if there's like questions about, I don't know what I should be doing or what's this ideal, instead of looking at all of these other yeah. things on social media, and yeah. I'm not saying they're not good, but they Some don't- Some of them are not good. <laughs> but they don't know you, your husband, your yeah. children, your situation. And so if we're gonna start changing our lives based on something, yeah. it should be rooted in prayer, mm. making sure we're receiving mm. the sacraments, speaking with our husbands, and then um, having spiritual direction. And you do know what I yeah. mean? And yeah. so, um, I'm sorry, I went on a tangent. I no, don't know where good. I was going with that. So good. It's like amen <laughs> over here. No, that's good. And connected to what you were saying, I think all of that takes courage. All of mm-hmm. like being being faithful to the mission, uh, being obedient, um, all of that takes courage. And I think we definitely see that in the boldness of John the Baptist and especially um, in his martyrdom that it was, I, I'm going to be faithful to this mission, even unto death, even if this gets me killed, proclaiming the truth boldly. And in the culture that we live in today, especially like raising children today, it's ooh, it's yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's yep. a lot. Um, and there's a lot going, um, there's a lot against us, I think, as, um, as, as faithful Christians, you know, really trying to to lead our children to Christ. There's a lot that's coming at our children. There's a lot that's coming at our marriages, all of this. And and also just to speak to, you know, I, I recognize that there are, are single moms out there who have, mm-hmm. are taking on this mission as well. And especially the courage that that takes, um, being being faithful to that vocation as a mom and having to kind of step into that role without the, the support of a spouse, that's very challenging, but it's also very admirable um, to see that boldness um, there. So just to remember our sisters in Christ who are embracing um, that vocation really on their own, like having the support of the church behind them. Um, but yeah, just looking at John the Baptist's courage um, and how we can tap into that as as moms to really just to be bold and to know that God has given us the grace to raise these children in these times. Like how how interesting it is that this is the time that we're all in. Like that mm-hmm. God knew that this was the time when um, we were called to to raise up um, holy men and women um, and and to, to really strengthen our domestic churches. And it will not be easy and we are gonna experience suffering. It may not be the same martyrdom as John the Baptist, um, but we will have suffering, but to have that confidence and the courage to move forward and that knowing that, that Christ is sustaining all. Yeah, I think one, that's one of the things that has made it more difficult for me to really relate to John the Baptist because I see him as this very bold, very courageous person. And I wouldn't necessarily describe myself as bold <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> or courageous. Same. And so um, for some reason I, in my mind, I'm like, he was just born that way. And maybe he was. There are some people who are just um, gifted yeah. with um, saying what needs to be said and mm-hmm. moving on. Uh, but we had to remember that he, when we say wilderness man, he spent a lot of time in spirit, intense mm-hmm. spiritual practices, mm-hmm. preparing for his mission. Um, and 
we too, we are going to be called, and this is what Lent is too, is that we're going to be called into the desert. Mm. And sometimes we are in a sense forced there because we find ourselves in a situation where we are alone. Yep. We feel abandoned. It's really hard. Um, and there are some times when we willingly take on entering in this desert. But wherever we are, we can relate to John in the sense of like, okay, we may be alone and this is going to be really hard. And of all of the things that I think about John the Baptist, I think he was really misunderstood by many. Mm-hmm. I mean, people even confuse like who he was. They're like, hey, you're the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think for us, when we are in um, in these these like desert moments that we're, we're called to live radically. Mm-hmm. Again, that's going to look differently, mm-hmm. but we're going to be misunderstood just like John was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Well, at least for me, sometimes I fight so hard to feel understood by others Mm. that that's when I start talking and I'm real. I'm like, just see me, see me, validate what I'm going through. And I'm still learning this, but it's, I become more aware that my desire to be validated and understood Mm -hmm. is getting in the way of Mm. allowing God to speak to me in the desert Mm. that I'm in at that moment. And so as painful as as it is to realize that when we're in these moments, like the wilderness moments or the desert moments, that powerful things happen in the desert. I mean, you see God's divine providence in big ways when the people were in the desert. Like he he sustained them physically with the manna, um, gave them water. Mm -hmm. They constantly still did not trust him. And he's like, no, I am here. And it's in those moments of being in the desert when you feel like nobody understands you and you don't know how you're going to get through Mm. that that's when our complete dependence on God's providence is tested. Like how much do we really trust that God is going to see me through? Um, And focusing on that instead of like, but I really want to be understood, which Mm -hmm. is helpful. It's Mm -hmm. helpful to get empathy from people. and um, But to know that there may be, be many moments as moms and as wives, as women, where where we won't get that, nor is that promised right. to us. Right. But God will work in it, and He wants to show us that He will sustain us um, because He's God and we're not. Right. You know exactly. I think I hear I hear you saying like detachment that there is a detachment that we experience in the desert, and it's like detachment from validation. It's a detachment from comfort. Um, and I think motherhood does require that of us in pretty intense ways that there has to be a detachment from even validation. Like we won't like, am I doing a good job with my kids? Like, I don't, I think I am, <laughs> but, but like, we, we I think they're say, pretty great. You know, <laughs> like just being able to see, um, like we don't get to see the fruits of our labor sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think God gives us like these glimmers of, um, of that validation or just those, um, those, those spiritual consolations and whatnot. But, you know, I don't know, I don't know who my, my children are becoming. I, I have hopes and dreams for that, but like being able to detach from that and being able to surrender our children into God's hands. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it too. Knowing like these are, 
These are not my children. These are God's children. He's entrusted them to me. And I'm just doing the best that I can. Um, and detachment from control. Uh, I think oh, we see that yeah. in, in John the Baptist. And that is probably, I would imagine, that's probably one of the hardest things um, as women, as moms, just as human beings, like being able to let go of control mm-hmm. um, of a lot of things. Um, and I think John the Baptist can really can teach us that, like this just total surrender and detachment from comforts or a structure or things like that and being able to just be totally dependent on God, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. So we can be wilderness women. (laughs) Get that on a t-shirt. Right. (laughs) Nice. Any other like qualities of John the Baptist that you wanted to, uh, um, to highlight? Yeah. Like, well, one of the things is, um, in, in his preaching, like when we hear him speak, mm. he is calling people to repentance. Mm-hmm. He calls for their conversion. And so even if we just like think about how do we call others, especially our families to a deeper relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. um, And, you know, sometimes it's just allowing God to do his work. So we have the sacraments for a reason, right? Right. What's the best way to call our kids repentance? Like, let's all go to the confession line. Um, And even if your kids aren't in a confession age, if they see you, they're like, hmm. Fostering that. Yeah, fostering like, yeah, I've messed up. I ask for forgiveness. I'm going to commit to amend my life. And in Lent is a time for us to, to do what's called make reparation, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So I came and knocked down this fort that you were building. I can't just say I'm sorry and say I'll never do it again. <laughs> right. Reparation is me putting on the gloves, getting the tools, building it back. Yeah. And our kids need to see us doing that. Mm. And they need to hear us say, yeah. you know what? I'm doing this because I messed I've up. messed yeah. up. And yeah. even though I've gone to confession, and I'm really trying to change. Yeah, I was reading this article. I feel like I've been doing Lent all wrong because I was just <laughs> reading this article about um, what it means to make reparation. Mm-hmm. And the, even though I've heard that, I've always just thought of penance like, oh, I'm I'm going to be better. Yeah, yeah. But like really making reparation, what does that mean? What mm-hmm. does that look like? And realizing that there's value in that, and the church calls us to that. And so sharing that with my kids, like. No, it's going to be hard. I mm-hmm. choose something that causes pain um, and that hurts on some certain level because in the same way if I had to rebuild mm-hmm. the fort that I destroyed, mm-hmm. um, my muscles may be sore, I might, you know, whatever it yeah. is, from helping rebuild what I have lost through my choices. Yeah. Or what you have lost through my mm-hmm. choices. And so just our kids hearing that, like they they see us in line for confession, they hear us like... yeah. Um, I have done damage mm-hmm. because of my sin, and God still loves me mm-hmm. through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're called to repentance. We're called to repair. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just a really great time to call our children, even just by our example, to you know this this conversion, this change of heart, this yeah. deeper relationship. I really like that because what you're what you're saying is reminding me that it's not so much that we're just called to scream at our children like repent, <laughs> repent. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm doing that all the time, um, but that they need to see that in us. They mm-hmm. need to see that 
attitude of repentance and conversion in us and whether that's, you know, celebrating the sacraments or in our interactions or that seeking to repair relationships that we're not just crying out and calling people to repent, but that we were also walking alongside them and, and showing them like, well, this is what that looks like. Yeah. And knowing that every step of the way we're preparing ourselves and them for Christ to enter more fully. Yes. Just like John the Baptist, yes. he came to prepare the way for the Lord. Yes. And so that's what we're called to do every moment of every day, Amen. to prepare the way of the Lord. So, Mic drop a little bit. I, I'm not going to drop this mic. <laughs> no, it's kind of expensive. Can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so great. I think that gives us something really beautiful to reflect on for the remainder of Lent is, you know, taking all of these qualities of John the Baptist to prayer. How is God calling us to like enter into our baptismal priesthood? How is God calling us to be humble and obedient and to be detached and to be courageous in our vocation? And um, I think the biggest thing that I, I, I think I receive from John the Baptist is this reliance on the grace of God mm-hmm. to do his will, that we can't do this by ourselves. Um, but with God, all things is possible. Our, all, all, ugh, I can't speak. No, it's With fine. God, all things are possible. <laughs> and remember John 3.30, he must increase and I must decrease. Yeah, yeah. that would be my prayer. That's my favorite verse. That's a good John one. John 3.30, yeah. Easy to remember. Easy to remember. Yeah. So we're excited about season four. We're, you know, we're still figuring out our recording schedule, but we've got some really good episodes on the on the radar. Um, hopefully we can bring these to you pretty consistently. Um, special shout, shout out to our director of communication, Liz Slayton, for keeping us yeah. moving. Um, we've got some great things going on in the Diocese of Tyler, the Eucharistic Congress for 2023. Mm-hmm. That registration is open. We'll put a link to that in our show notes. So we'll really be reflecting on baptism and St. John the Baptist throughout the remainder of this year. Um, what else is going on? Dr. Luke Arredondo is doing a series on or continuing his series on Vatican II. So all the things you need to know about Vatican II documents, what you thought you knew may not be what is true. (laughs) So (laughs) take a listen to that. But yeah, anything else? Um, Not that I can think of. Okay, sweet. Well, we're excited. Um, But yeah, let's close in prayer. Sounds good. All right. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we thank you for the gift of our faith. We thank you for the gift of this Lenten season and just this opportunity to detach from our comforts, from control. Um, Lord, we ask that you give us the spirit of St. John the Baptist in our vocations, that you can help us to be bold and courageous, to trust you in all things, to rely fully on your grace and um, to seek your will in all things. Lord, help us to increase your role in our lives and to pull back, to decrease our desire for control in all things. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.